Take your Bibles, please. Turn to the book of Luke, chapter 2. Luke, chapter 2, we'll read verses 8 through 14 together, and we'll read this passage responsively. Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. Luke 2, verses 8 through 14. There were, in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And, lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, let's finish on verse 14 together, ready? Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And let's pray. Father, thank you for our church. Lord, this morning we begin a new year. We begin many new things in life. Lord, this morning as I got up early, I remembered 40 years ago today, as a little boy, I trusted you as Savior. Still saved. Still serving you. Father, please use our preacher today. Fill him with your power, as you've done so many times before. We stand before you sinful and needy. God, we've got to hear from you so that we could get the most out of the message, so we could do the most we can for you, please. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I just have to tell you, I've had so much fun all morning long. I'm so glad to be at my church. I'm so glad we have the kind of church that we have. I've not had this much fun since the pigs ate my uncle. I tell you, it's it's great to be saved. It's great to have a group of people that we call our church family and we get to share together on this New Year Day. I I realize as you were reading the scripture today... It would seem as if that we are about to venture into a Christmas sermon. That is not the truth. The passage of scripture from which I will preach today is found in Luke chapter 2 verse 14. I'll read it again to you. You won't have to turn to it. You just read it a moment ago. It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The title of my sermon today is this. I want to preach to you about our New Year plan. Our New Year plan for the Shenandoah Bible Baptist Church. The title is our New Year plan. Glorifying Him. Glorifying Him. I asked the choir if they would help me for a moment this morning. Throughout the Christmas season, they sang an opener that was to the glory of God Brother Nash, why don't you uh, let them pull what music they have out there and let's sing that opener real quick. This is a great opener and it has to do with glorifying God. It, I think, comes from Luke chapter 2, verse 14. You sit still, listen to them as they do this opener for us.
our New Year's plan to glorify Him. Always at this time of the year, there are many who make what we call New Year's resolutions. I hope that you make some. I hope that you keep them. Somebody here today will say, I'm, 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 I'm going to stop smoking. I hope that's the case. Someone will say, I'm going to stop drinking. I hope, I hope that's the case. Someone will start something good. You're going to maybe start exercising. I hope you do. I'm going to start soul winning. I want you to. I'm going to start tithing. I want you to. You say, I'm going to start tithing. I think you should. See, I feel like I'll probably start tithing. I think you probably should do that. Somebody here is going to say, I'm going to read my Bible all the way through this year. God bless you. I hope you do that. Got a note from one of our ladies that said, praise the Lord, preacher. 2011, for the first time in my life, I read my Bible all the way through. Well, praise the Lord. Somebody here is going to be faithful to church like never before. Not looking for excuses, but looking to be faithful. And 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 you say, that's my resolution. Well, I, I, I hope that you make that re- resolution and you keep it. Somebody here is going to lose weight. Well, good luck. I hope you make that resolution. I hope you keep it. I really do. But may I say, I think the greatest thing that you and I can do and should do is to bring glory to our God. In Luke chapter 2 verse 14, it says, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God. And it says, in the highest. In other words, this is not just a mere glory, but He deserves the highest form of glory. That's what Jesus deserves from you. And that's what Jesus deserves from me. The highest level of glory. Should not this be our ultimate motivation in all that we do to glorify Jesus? And should we not want to glorify Him in the highest? You see, God's word is very clear that God's supreme purpose in all that He does and is doing and that He will do is ultimately For His glory. Did you know that the angels were created? Why? For His glory. The moon was created. You say, why? For His glory. You say, well, the moon is used. It's helpful to to guide people as they they, uh, maybe steer their ship through the the sea. And and it's a directional uh, device. Well, let me tell you something. The moon was created for God's glory. Man is allowed to glance at God's creation and there indeed are benefits. But the moon was created to bring glory to God. The angels were created to bring glory to God. The sun was created to bring glory to God. You say, well, the sun was created to... To keep us warm. The sun was created to bring glory to God. Keeping us warm is merely a byproduct of something that God created to glorify Himself. The stars were created for His glory. You say, but preacher, the stars, uh, they are used to guide people as, as they journey. And the stars are used for a husband and wife to look up into the sky on a romantic evening. Indeed, those things are true. But the stars were ultimately created by God and for God's glory. The oceans were created to bring glory to our God. The mountains were created to bring glory to our God. The birds that fly in the sky, God created them. And we have the, we, we, we have this wonderful thing. We get to watch the birds and we get to hear the birds sing and we get to watch them soar in the sky. But wait a minute, just so you know, they were not created for you and I. That wasn't the ultimate purpose for those birds. They were created to bring glory to our God. All the animals were created for His glory. All the plant life was created for His glory. Every sea creature was created for His glory. The flowers that will bloom in this spring, they were created for His glory. The human race was created... For His glory. You were created to glorify God. Don't get it wrong. You were not created for you. You were created to glorify God. See, for God to manifest His own glory is a part of His perfection. For God to glorify God and for God to glorify the Godhead, for God to glorify Jesus, for God to glorify the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit to glorify God, for the Holy Spirit to glorify Jesus, for Jesus to glorify the Holy Spirit, for Jesus to glorify God the Father, it's all okay. There's nothing sinful about it. It's right. It's totally right. It's totally pure. He deserves glory. Oh, but for man, 
For man to glorify himself is dangerous. You say, why? Because of man's imperfection. But God can glorify God in all of His beauty because of all of His perfection. God's power qualifies Him and He is to be glorified because of that power. God's knowledge qualifies Him to be glorified and God's perfect justice qualifies Him to be glorified. His being glorified benefits all of creation. You know, folks, it is best that we recognize who He is and that we give Him glory in all that we do. When man realizes properly who God is and what God is, when man sees how worthy God is of our love, of our trust, and of our service, we would all realize that God is worthy of glory. I believe the more God is glorified, the more reason we have to trust Him. I think when you and I glorify Him properly, our trust in God is built up. The more reason we have to serve Him as we glorify Him. And as you and I glorify Him, we'll love Him more. And as we glorify Him, we will have more reason to give to Him. And as we glorify Him, we have more reason to follow Him. And as we glorify Him in our minds, it causes us to obey Him. You know, there are people here today, you need to glorify God. There's somebody here today, you've been living your life, and it's all about you and yours and your success. It might be that somebody here today, you need to turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and His grace. We need to get our eyes back on Jesus Christ, get our eyes back on the God of the universe. And I know that's not real popular today, but we need to get our eyes back on Jesus. Jesus Christ. The more God is glorified, the greater our security will seem. Oh, God does not change in light or in if we glorify Him less. It will just help us if we'll glorify Him more. The more God is glorified, the greater our security seems and the greater our salvation seems. You know, God has that ability to secure us in the times of the storms of life. But let me tell you something, folks. What God needs is He needs us to glorify Him. He deserves to be glorified. The more God is glorified by our church, the more He will bless our church. There's no doubt in my mind about that. We've got to make sure that not only are we obedient to God, but we ought to make sure that our motives are proper. And I I believe this. I believe that if you pay your bills on time and your motive wasn't right, you're still going to have good, you're still going to have good credit. But it'd be a wonderful thing if you paid your bills on time with the right attitude and with the right kind of a, a, a motive. And I believe this. I believe that we ought to serve God and we ought to do what we do out of duty and we ought to do what we do because it's supposed to be done. But let me tell you, all something. It's a wonderful thing to serve God and glorify God and to do it with the right motive and for the right reason. The more God is glorified properly by man and to man, the more man realizes how good it is to live for the Lord. I'm glad that in 2012, my personal plan is to glorify God. I realize I could stand here and I could give you a bunch of the ministry intentions for our church in 2012. And maybe in days to come, we'll talk about some of the things that we'd like to accomplish for God. But let me say to everybody, the very first sermon of 2012 at the Shenandoah Bible Baptist Church is all about our plan for 2012. You say, what is it? To glorify God. To glorify God. We still believe that God is worthy to be glorified. And we want this church and we want the ministries of this church to have the ultimate purpose of glorifying God in all that we do. That's what I want to talk to you about today. Our new year plan to glorify Him. Let me say first of all, all things are for His glory. God intended all things to be for His glory. Colossians 1.16 says, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. And that right there is telling us that all things were created by Him and for Him. What for? For the ultimate purpose, to glorify Him. Psalm chapter 19, verse number 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Hey, the heavens are for God's glory. 
Let me tell you something about heaven. You and I one day, if you're born again, you're going to die and you're going to go to heaven someday. When you get to heaven, I need you to understand. I'm glad that you get to go to heaven and I'm glad that I get to go to heaven. But just so you understand it, heaven's really not all about me and you. The Bible says that the heavens are there to show His glory. And when you and I die and when our loved ones die and they pass on into glory, it's a wonderful thing. And I'll tell about it in the sermon later on. But let me tell you that the day you open your eyes in heaven, you need to realize heaven's not all about me. Heaven's not all about you. Heaven's not all about a bunch of sinful creatures getting born again and spending eternity with God. Although that is a byproduct, God created the heavens to bring glory to God. God created the heavens to bring glory to Jesus Christ. Heaven is all about Him. That's what it's all about. And those of you that struggle with that, oh, you just want everybody to give everything to God and just be totally dedicated to God. You're not going to enjoy heaven very much because when we get there, it's going to be all about Jesus Christ. It's going to be all about God when we get there. Did you know that music was created for Him and by Him? And it was created for His glory? Music wasn't created for your glory. Music wasn't created for my glory. Music was created for the glory of God. Our music ought to glorify God in all that we do, in everything we listen to, in what we say, in what we sing. You see, I'm telling you, all things are for His glory. All things were created by Him and for Him. And it's all created for His glory. Whether it's the heavens, whether it's the music, you, your body, you were created for His glory. How much glory is God getting out of you? It's a personal question. How much glory is God getting out of your life? You do understand that's why you were created. You were created to bring glory to God. Your money was created to bring glory to God. Your mind was not created so that uh, on your permanent record you have a high IQ recorded. Some of you don't have to worry about that. (laughs) Your mind was created to glorify the God of the universe. Your job was given to you by God to glorify God, not to glorify you. You say, but I'm a carpenter. Yes, I understand that. It's as important as you as a carpenter be in the will of God at work as it is for me as a preacher to be in the will of God as I stand in this pulpit today and I am to stand here and I am to give God all of me as I do what God has called me to do. And if you're in the will of God doing what you do at work, you are to glorify God when you're swinging the hammer. And you are to glorify God as you're turning that wrench. And you're to glorify God as you type or you do your keyboarding on that computer. Everything we do. Hey, we were created to glorify God your job was created to glorify God your mind was created to glorify God your money was created to glorify God you were created to glorify God your body was created to glorify God your ability your talents were created to glorify God your marriage your marriage was created to glorify God I want you to be happily married but can I give you a key to happy marriage if both husband and wife are glorifying God ultimately in, the, in their life, you will have a good marriage. You could have, you could have nothing less than a good marriage. And when people, when, when two people in marriage, when something's not going right, somebody's not glorifying God. Somebody, hey, you say, well, marriage is all about me and my wife. No, your marriage is not all about you and your wife. Your marriage is all about God. It's to glorify God. And every child that's been born to anybody in this building, your child's purpose was to glorify God. Glorify God. I'm raising my kids to do what I want them to do. You ought to raise your kids to glorify God. We get it all mixed up. The human race looks up at God and says, we're going to do what we want down here. You better do what he wants down here. Very scripturally, very doctrinally pure is the thought that everything was created to glorify God. What you do, what you think, where you go, what you wear, how you act, what you listen to. You are to glorify God in all that you do. You see, all things, 
All things, all things are for His glory. Secondly, I say let His glory become the main purpose in all that you do. All that you do, let His glory be your main purpose. Romans chapter 5 verse 2 says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. God deserves to be glorified. Let's make sure that the purpose in all that you and I do is to glorify our God. Every wife, every wife under the sound of my voice, look at me. You are commanded to glorify God as a wife. In other words, the way that you behave as a wife should bring glory to your God. Every woman here that has a ring on your finger and you are married to a man, you are to behave in your marriage in such a way that it brings glory to your God. And if you'll do that, you will fulfill the purpose of a wife. Let me ask you a question, ladies. You married ladies. Are you glorifying God in the highest in your marriage? Every husband here. Your ultimate purpose as a husband is to glorify God in being a husband. You should behave yourself as a husband in a way... That glorifies God ultimately. Not glorifies you. Not glorifies your future. Not glorifies your success. You as a husband are to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And you as a husband are to glorify God in the highest. In what? Your marriage. And did you know you can be a good husband even if she's a bad wife? Did you know you could be a bad wife even if he's a, uh, you could be a bad wife or you could be a good wife even if he's a bad husband? Some of you men should have been shouting right there. I was stuck at the wrong place, but it was the Holy Spirit. As a husband and as a wife, the ultimate purpose, the ultimate purpose in your marriage is not your marriage. Let me say it again. The ultimate purpose in your marriage is not your marriage. It is that you glorify God in your marriage. He comes before you. As an employee, you're to glorify God. As an employee, you are to glorify God in your duties at work. You say, I don't like my boss. You are to glorify God in your behavior at work. Your job was not given to you to spend your your break time talking bad and stabbing the, the boss in the back, stealing from the shop. You are to glorify God in your employment. Why? Well, everything was created to glorify God. So if you have a job, you better glorify God in that job. Are you a church bus captain? May I recommend to you that you be a bus captain unto the glory of the Lord. Everything you do on your bus route, make sure it glorifies God. You visit your route, you say how? Not to please me, not to please Brother Doss, our our, our bus director. You please God. You glorify God as a church bus captain. Nursery workers here at the church. Boy, do you need a dose of this. You nursery workers... When you, when you go up there to work in that nursery, you ought to do it unto God's glory. Some of you have pretty bad attitudes since you're, uh, a pretty bad attitude about going and working in the nursery. Who are you serving? You ought to do that to the glory of God. When you see that parent coming, and we all know there ain't no pleasing that woman. Here she comes and everybody's going, oh great, here she comes again. She gripes about everything. You have an attitude toward her that glorifies God. You have an attitude toward being to your nursery on time that glorifies God. And you have an attitude of keeping the, the rules and the expectations of nursery workers. You have an attitude that glorifies God. See, we're to do all that we do to the glory of God. 
Are you working in your nursery as a church nursery worker in such a way that it glorifies God? You see, let His glory become the main purpose in all that we do. Every one of you young men, you're a, you're a son. You have a mom and a dad. You teenage, you teenagers, let me say to you, you better make sure Every teenage boy in this room, every child in this room, every boy, every son, you ought to be a son to the glory of God. Every boy in here, you ought to make sure that the way you behave toward mom and the way you behave toward dad, or if you live with grandma and grandpa, you ought to make sure that every boy, you are a son to the glory of God. You say, well, I'm mad at my dad. You are to be a good son to the glory of God. Everything that we do is to be done to the glory of God. You need to put aside all your excuses of the human frailties uh, 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 that you're surrounded by and get your eyes upon Jesus Christ and do something unto the glory of God. Every son be a son to the glory of God. Every daughter, every teenage girl here, every grade school girl here, even the adult ladies, let's face something. You ought to be a daughter to the glory of God. It is a sad thing that there are teenage girls in here that are rebelling against mom. They're rebelling against dad. They're rebelling against their grandparents. You are not bringing glory to your God. And that is wrong. You you say, well, I'm, I'm upset with my mom. Or I'm upset with my dad. Are you upset with God? And if you are, you have no right to be because God is good. And God is wholesome. And God is right. And God is holy. And you say, well, I'm upset with my mom and dad. You be a good daughter unto the glory of God. The glory of God. This would clear up all the problems in Christianity. This would clear up the fussing and fighting in your home. This would fix your marriage. This would fix you fussing and fighting with your mom and dad. This would fix all the turmoil in that place that is supposed to be a place of peace and rest called home. Everybody at home. Why don't you just start glorifying God in everything that you do? Sunday school teachers. You are to glorify God. In your Sunday school duties. Do you glorify God in your faithfulness? Could you be at the Sunday school teachers meeting that you agreed to come to? I know there's some that have to work. I understand that. But there are others. They, they, they just do what they want. You're not glorifying God in that behavior. Visit your class. Pray for your class. Build your class. Assistant teachers. He said, well, preacher, I'm mad at you. Well, you're, not, you're, not, you're not here to glorify me. You're here to glorify God. You obviously have a problem. Because you're to do what you do unto the glory of God. Yes. Hey, church staff. Are you doing what you do to glorify God? Do you teach at Martinsburg Christian Academy? You say, well, I, I just teach for the money. I'll take your resignation tomorrow then. Slide it under my door. Because we don't do what we do just for money. We do it under the glory of God. Now, I'm glad you get paid to do it. Thank God you ought to stop and realize what a benefit, what an honor that is. But at the same time, church staff, what we do, it's not, hey, I'm not, I'm not a pastor. It's not an occupational choice. I was called of God and honored of God to pastor a New Testament church. And, and, and though this, uh, the, the organization called the church ought to be ran right, it is not a business. It is a church. And if you're on this church staff, I want you to stop and realize everything you do ought to be done to the glory of Almighty God. You say, well, we do it better than anybody in the state or we do it better than anybody on the East Coast. God deserves better than that. God deserves that it be done to the glory of God. We're not comparing ourselves to the other churches in the area. We're comparing ourselves to the glory that the God of the universe deserves. Glory to God in the highest. That's how it ought to be done. Are you a parking lot attendant? Do you do what you do in the parking lot? You say, oh, Brother Owens, what's the big deal? I put on my vest so I'm a better target for people to hit. (laughs) Hey, parking lot attendant, are you faithful to your duty? Are you out there smiling? Are you doing it? To the glory of God. Or do you stand out there and gripe and complain and gossip and do what you ought not do? Hey, if you're going to work in that parking lot, everything that's done around this church ought to be done to the glory of God. Hey, bus driver. 
Do you drive that bus to the glory of God? Do, do you look for excuses not to show up and drive for God? Say, I, 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 I believe that my fake excuse was fine with Brother Doss. The only problem is you didn't cancel on Brother Doss. You canceled on the one for whom you are to drive. Hey, greeter. Church greeter. Do you do what you do to the glory of God? Hey, bus worker. Do you do what you do to the glory of God? Hey, maintenance worker. Do you do what you do to the glory of God? Those of you that work in the Shenandoah Hospitality Ministry, some of you wouldn't understand what that is, but they all know exactly what it is. The Shenandoah Hospitality Ministry ought to be done to the glory of God. You say, preacher, I've never seen a program quite like it. It's very nice. It's very first class. You just make sure you keep it at a level that it is pleasing to God. Pleasing to God. Hey, custodian. No, we have people all over this auditorium that help us with the custodial responsibilities of this great church. Hey, when you clean that bathroom, you don't do it for me and you don't do it because the president's coming. You do it for the king of kings and you do it for the Lord of lords. And you do everything you do unto the glory of a holy and a great and a powerful and a deserving God. Are you a secretary? Do what you do unto the glory of God. Are you a deacon? Do what you do so it glorifies God. Are you a grounds worker? Do what you do unto the glory of God. Do you, are you a part of our snow removal crew? I hope we don't need you. But I'll tell you something, the first time we get a layer of that white stuff and you're, you're shoveling it around and pushing it around, you ought to do what you do unto the glory of the, the, the God of the universe. Hey, youth workers, do what you do unto the glory of God. Hey, King's Kids workers, you say, oh, I, I just despise those, the, 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 what I do. Hey, you're despising something God gave you to do. It ought to be done to the glory of God. Those of you that work in the visual enhancement ministry, do what you do unto the glory of God. Hey, choir members, let me tell you something. I thank God for you. I thank God for you. I'll tell you what, you came out, you sing this morning, it sounded like 200 voices. You attacked the song, all the hard work that you put into the, the cantata, it was fantastic. And I love their opener all the way through the holiday season. Glory, glory, glory to the King of Kings. Can I tell you all something? There are choirs everywhere that could not sing it with the spunk that they do. I'll tell you one reason why. I do believe they're attempting to glorify Him. They're they're trying to glorify God. Hey, special music participant, are you doing what you do to the glory of God? Do you show up for your practices, the three practices for which you're to show up? Are you on time for your mic practice? Do you really work at it? Are you really working through that song like you ought to be? You say, well, I'm the best musician in the church. I don't care if you're the best musician on the face of the earth. You are to give your very best to the glory of God. He deserves that he gets the best out of you. You can be better than everybody else that sits in this auditorium and God still not get what God deserves because God deserves your very best. That's what God deserves. Hey, church member, I have a question for you. You glorifying God as a church member? God deserves glory. It's January 1, 2012. I am presenting to you our plan for the year. Our plan is to glorify our God. Everything was created for His glory. And let His glory become the purpose and the main purpose in all that we do. Did you know this, thirdly? Did you know that salvation is unto His glory? Salvation. People being saved. The Bible says in Romans chapter 9, verse 22 and 23, What? If God willing to show His wrath and to make make His power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath uh, 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 fitted to destruction, and that He might make known the riches of His glory on the vessels of mercy, which He had afore prepared unto glory. You know, it, it, it's talking about the vessels of His mercy unto His glory. Do you know who the vessels of His mercy are? That's me and you. It is His mercy that has been poured out on you and I. We are the vessels of mercy. Our salvation is to His glory. The fact that you're not going to hell, you say, I am really happy. I'm saved. I'm not going to hell. More important than you not going to hell is your not going to hell glorifies God. Yeah. 
You say, I'll tell you what, I am very excited about the fact that I get to heaven, and I said this earlier, I'm excited you get to go to heaven too, but the greatest thing about you going to heaven is not you being in heaven, it is that you going to heaven glorifies Him. If you die and go to hell, that doesn't glorify God. If you die and go to heaven, that does glorify God. That's what it's really all about. The human race is so self-centered, we're so caught up in me, 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 me. Let me tell you something, everything that takes place around this church, it's all about Him, Him, Him. Everything that takes place in your life, every breath that you take, every bite of food that you put in your mouth, everywhere that you go, every word that you say, everything that you hear, all of it ought to be to the glory of God. And you say, that's impossible. You just wait till you get to heaven, because that's what it will be like for all eternity. Every thought to His glory, every word to His his glory every movement to his glory and until we get into glory the that should be what we are striving for that all things be done to his glory you say it is a level of christianity that is ridiculous then you tell god that i didn't write it i'm just to preach it everything i do everywhere i go everything that i i, I attempt to do is all to be done to his glory his glory his glory we can clear up america America just needs to do what she does for God's glory. Say, so, Brother Owens, what are we going to do about America's economy? We can clear it up tomorrow. If everybody in America would do what glorifies God, the economy in America would be solved just like that. His glory. We are the vessels of mercy. Living the Christian life after salvation brings glory to God. You know, the salvation of others brings the glory to God. John fifteen eight it says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Hey, if you want to glorify Him, He wants you to bear fruit. Matter of fact, He wants you to bear fruit. He wants you to bear much fruit. Why? To glorify Him. He deserves glory. You see, salvation brings glory to God. The salvation of others brings glory to God. My salvation is to bring glory to God. You know that a ministry that sees people saved glorifies God. Those of you that are part of the bus ministry, that glorifies God. Why? All sorts of people get saved. Those of you that that, that are a part of our children's church ministry, that brings glory to God. Why? People get saved, that glorifies God. Those of you that are a part of our youth ministry, oh, just thousands of people saved as a result of the, the soul winning program of the teenagers of this church this year. That brings glory to God. So what brings glory to God? Our missions program brings glory to God. And, and, and we like, and as you all know, we work very hard at supporting missionaries that are glorifying God. You say, how so? Because we're supporting missionaries that are getting people saved. To the glory of God. I think when we sing and our music influences people to make decisions for salvation, it brings glory to God. That's why we use old-fashioned revival-type music around here. We're not looking for lethargic music where we can show off the pianist's ability. And we have some fantastic pianists, and they do a fantastic job, and they play with all their heart. But, but, But it's not all about showing off their ability. It's all about glorifying God and using old-fashioned evangelistic type music. Why? Because we want God's blessing on our church, and if we're going to have God's blessing on our church we've got to glorify him how do you glorify god get people saved getting people saved you see a church that sees people saved brings glory to god our bible college uh our bible college is going to specialize starting churches training missionaries we want we want them to get people saved I don't want to train people in our Bible college and send them to some ministry around uh, around the nation and the person that we send, they don't know how to build things. I want them to build bus routes. I want them to build Sunday school classes. I want them to reach people. I don't want them to be leeches and go and work on some church uh, some church staff where all they do is take money out of the church economy. I want them to put converts in the pews. I want them to bring little boys and girls down the aisle. I want them to build adult Sunday school classes and bus routes. I want them to make a difference. I don't want them to have a welfare mentality when it comes to their work at the church. I'm so tired of churches being being satisfied. Somebody needs to fire up for God and realize we don't have much time left. Jesus is coming again. We better charge hell and we better do something about the fact that people need to be born again. But a college that has the right thrust will be blessed of God. Why? If that college brings glory to God, your family ought to bring glory to God. There are some of you, you have been trained on how to bring glory to God in your soul winning and your ability to do something for God, but you're doing nothing. 
You're doing nothing. Hey, I'll tell you this. I think a family will be blessed that brings glory to God. I think a business will be blessed that brings glory to God. I think a business that invests in the souls of men, God will bless that business. We should glorify God for all the people that our church sees saved. Oh, isn't it amazing? Week after week after week. Salvation is of God and salvation is for God. You see, it brings glory to Him. Give God the glory today for your salvation. Some of you ought to think about it. You deserve hell. We get to go to heaven. He deserves to be glorified for that. You see, our plan for 2012, our plan is glorifying God. I said, first of all, all things were created for His glory. I said, secondly, the main purpose, the main motive in everything that you and I do ought to be to bring glory to God. I said, thirdly, salvation is very clearly unto God's glory. Ere it be your salvation, my salvation, or the salvation of others. And number four, I think all of our service unto Him ought to bring glory to Him. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now he's talking about your good works. Your good works will glorify Him. He told us, he said, don't hide your Christianity. Let me, let me give some of you a, a New Year's resolution for 2012. Why don't you let it be known at your secular place of employment that you're a born again Christian. Stop blending into the woodwork. Let your light so shine before men that they may see. And that they may glorify your Father which is in heaven. It's time for some of you as a Christian to come out of the closet. Let it be known. Take your Bible to work. Those of you young people that go to the public school, they can't stop you from bringing your Bible to school. You need to take that Bible and you need to take it to school with you just like I did. I did not have the privilege of going to a Christian school. But after I got saved at 16 years of age, every day I took my Bible to school. And I let people see I belong to Jesus Christ. It's time for some of you that go to work and you drive your truck to pull your Bible out at lunchtime and let somebody see you. Why? You ought to glorify God. We ought to glorify God in everything that we do. Let your light so shine before men. Why? God wants to be glorified. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. You ought to take care of your body and eat in such a way that your body will stay healthy. Why? To the glory of God. You ought to drink what is right to drink. You say, why? To the glory of God. Everything you do, you ought to do to the glory of God. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 12 says, Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers... They may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Huh? Here's talking about the time of your conversation. Now that, that word conversation means a couple things in the Bible. First of all, it's talking about the way you talk. Secondly, it's talking about the way you live. Let me ask. The way you talk, bring glory to God. Here it talks about evildoers. You remember, if you've listened at all, and if you didn't hear the sermon I preached a couple of weeks ago about evildoers, you need to listen to it. You have to hurt someone, out to tear someone down. Your words are to glorify God. Everything you text ought to glorify God. Everything. Everything on your blog or hog or whatever that thing's called ought to glorify God. When you're tweeting, it ought to be unto the Savior. Your email ought to glorify God. Every word you say. Every word. Ought to be to the glory of God. You see, everything we eat to the glory of God. Everything we drink to the glory of God. Everything. We ought to be letting people know we belong to Christ. It all ought to be done to the glory of God. Let me tell you something, and you have to, and I I think you accept this, but if you don't, I'm very sorry that you don't, but this is how I have to function. I am a pastor, I am called of God, and I am to, my preaching is not to please you. I am to preach to the glory of God. 
You say, I don't like some of the things you say. You'll have to take it up with God just like I'm in trouble with God if I don't say what I think He needs me to say. I understand my responsibility. I am to walk in the Spirit. I understand my responsibility. I'm to preach, thus saith the Lord. And if I ever get out of hand, then God's the one that's going to come after me and God's the one that's going to discipline me. But let me make something very clear to you. I am to preach what God tells me to preach. And everything I preach is to be preached to the glory of God. To the glory of God. I thank God the deacon board here doesn't tell me what to preach. Uh, but if they did, I, I'd have to tell them this, fellas. I'm, I don't get my orders from you. I get my orders from headquarters. I get my orders from God. I preach what God tells me to preach. Why? I'm commanded to. I'm to do it to the glory of God. Let's do it for Him. Hey, if you are reproached for the cause of Christ, God said that brings glory to Him. It says in 1 Peter 4.14, it says, If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. In other words, if people don't like you because you take a stand for God, you may feel like you're, you're being reproached, but God is being glorified. You know, if, if you do right and somebody turns their nose up of you, hey, you teenagers that live right. You teenagers that are doing right, you teenagers that don't accept the texts, and you teenagers that don't accept the trash that the, the rebellious teenagers have gotten themselves into, and they mock you and they try to make you feel bad about it. Let me tell you something. You are glorifying God for taking your stand. And God said that the, the spirit of His glory is upon you. Let's do what we do for Him. Hey, make sure you're on time for what you do for God. Why? To glorify God. Make sure what you do is organized for God. Why? To His glory. Make sure what you do for God is done in a first class way. Why? To His glory. Make sure what you do is done with passion. Why? For His glory. When our best is invested, God is glorified. Our attitude and our service toward Him should glorify Him. You know, this church is not all about me and you. It's all about Him. It ought to be done in a way that it glorifies Him. This is all about Him. Glory to God in the highest. Did you know that even a believer's death is to bring glory to God? John chapter 21, verse number 19, it says, This spake he, signifying what death he should glorify God. When he had spoken this, he, he saith unto him, Follow me. In other words, he said, Jesus was dying, speaking to Peter, and he wanted God to be glorified in his death. You say, oh, well, we all wanted Jesus to be glorified in his death. And indeed he was, but he was our prime example. You and I, even when we die, our death should bring glory to God. Philippians 1.20 says, According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but, 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 but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Paul said, whether I'm alive or whether I'm dead, I want to glorify Him. Some of you are having a pretty tough time glorifying Him with your life. Let me tell you something. If you don't glorify Him in your life, you dead sure won't glorify Him in your death. You should not die because you were drunk and you crashed your car and died. That That is not a glorifying death. You shouldn't be in a bar fight and die from it. That's not glorifying in your death. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't overdose on drugs. That's not glorifying in your death. You shouldn't be shot because you were cheating on your spouse. That's not glorifying in your death. We are to glorify God in our death. When we die, it ought to be in such a way that it does not bring reproach to Jesus Christ. And while you're dying, you say, preacher, I am in the process of dying. Then you keep your faith in God. You keep your confidence in heaven. You keep a peace about you. And you die in such a way that everybody around you says there's something special about her. There's something special about him. Why? Even when you die, you are to die to the glory of God. And you say, preacher, I think that is unreasonable. It is not your call. It is God's call. And God deserves glory. Our funeral should glorify God. I love getting up and bragging and talking about the saints of God. If you've never been to one of our funeral services around here, you need to come someday. It's better than a revival service. But don't you be the one that dies and I have to stand up here and think of all the things I wish I could have said, but I can't. 
You ought to do something for God so at your funeral we can tell everybody, she served God, he served God. People's memories should be about the glorification of God in your life. When you die, you should leave something behind at the church that God is being glorified. A class that you built, a ministry you influenced, a soul that you saved, a life that you changed. You ought to die and it ought to glorify God where people can say, look at what happened in that life. Here's something great and I'm done. I don't want to be. I don't want to be done. I want to preach for another hour. I'm, I'm having so much fun right now. We as Christians are allowed to share in His glory. That is amazing to me. He has allowed us to share in His glory. Listen to this, John seventeen twenty two. It says, And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Jesus, talk, Jesus here is talking to God, and God glorifies Jesus, and Jesus says, I'm going to share it with, with, with the ones I'm saving. You understand that we get to share in God's glory? He deserves all glory, and then He turns around and says, You know what? I love you. I'm going to share some of it with you. It's not ours to take, it's His to give. Colossians 3, 4 says, When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. One of these days, Jesus is coming back. At one of the two times when He comes back, we'll get to be with Him and we'll get to be a part of the glory of setting on a horse by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Our salvation was given to us by Him. That gives us a chance to go to heaven that was created for Him. That's us sharing His glory. He said, I'm going to share my glory with these that are born again. I'm going to share when I come back from from, from heaven. I'm going to share the glory with these other children of God. Did you know that you and I, when we got saved, get this. When you get saved, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 32, God and the person of the Holy Spirit indwells you. Living inside of me is the Holy Spirit of God. You ought to stop and think about what you got going on on the inside. God is inside me. What glory. The thought. I have God inside me. He allowed it. We are called the sons of God. Do you know what Jesus is? Son of God. We get to carry the title. Sons of God. What glory has been shared with us. We get to share that glory. This should cause everyone here to say, I think I'll spend my 2012 and my goal will be to glorify Him. That ought to be our goal. Hey, lost person. If I ask you this question, if you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? If you say, no, I'm not that sure, then you need to get saved. Here's what you ought to do. Start 2012. The greatest thing you could do today is to glorify Him in getting saved. Start today. Start the glorification process today. Say with what? Trusting Christ as Savior. That would glorify Him. Then you can launch into this year glorifying Him in all that you do. If you're not saved, get saved. Somebody here today, you're away from God. I mean, you're backslidden. Let me ask you, who's backslidden? Who's away from God? You know you are. You're away. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You need to get right with God. You say, why, preacher? Because your life is to glorify Him. You need to get started today. You need to walk the aisle, rededicate your life, and say, that's it. My greatest New Year's resolution is to glorify my God. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Who here would say, preacher, if I died today, I do not know for a fact I'd go to heaven. I'm not saved. I'm not sure I'm on my way to heaven. Preacher, pray for me. I don't know I'm going to heaven. I'd like to go to heaven. I don't know that I would. I'd like to. Pray for me, preacher. Would you raise your hand and say, that's me. 
I need to be saved. I see that hand. Someone else should say, I'm not saved. That's what I need. If you raise your hand just now, in a moment we'll have an altar call. The men that are sitting on this platform will step down. They'll be standing on the lower floor. They'll post themselves at the end of each aisle down front. If you're not saved in a moment, you leave your seat. You walk toward the front, walk up to one of the men. We'll take a Bible and show you how to be born again. Who here would say, preacher, I'm saved, but I'm not right with God. And I want him to be glorified and I see it. I want him to be glorified, but there's some things I need to straighten out in my life. And I want to start this new year. I plan to start it with the goal of glorifying God. And I need to get some things straightened out. Would you raise your hand? Say, that's me. Oh, hands all over the building, in the balcony, on the lower floor. You may put those hands down. Why don't you leave your seat and you come down here, get on your face and say, God, help me to glorify you. Somebody here, you're, you're, you need to rededicate your life. You come. Somebody else, you've been saved, but you've never made it public. You come. Somebody's been saved and never baptized. You come. Among all the resolutions, I wish that you'd add to your list glorifying God in everything that you do. You say, I'm a guest today and my church doesn't, doesn't, doesn't preach like this. You're to glorify God no matter what. The standard in glorifying God is not set by the people around you. It's set by His worthiness. It's time for some of you to start glorifying God in your life. Quit using people as an excuse. I'm going to ask the instrumentalist to begin to play. Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Choir, sing a song of invitation. You come. You may just need to come and get on your knees for a minute and say, I need to glorify God in my life. Hey, nursery worker, do you need the altar? Hey, bus captain, do you need the altar? Parking lot attendant, do you need the altar? Greeter, do you need the altar? Do you do what you do to the glory of God? Have you been serving Him, but not to His glory? Well, I want you to keep serving Him, but wouldn't it be fantastic if you were doing it for the right reason? Do all that you do unto the glory of God. If you're not saved, you come, walk up to one of these men, we'll take a Bible and show you how to be born again. Hey, wife, are you a wife that glorifies God? Hey, husband, are you a husband that glorifies God? Hey, teenager, son, daughter, are you behaving in such a way that it glorifies God? Those of you that are at work, tomorrow, go to work. Go with a new passion and a new drive and a new intent for success. Why? Because what you do, you're to do to the glory of God. Maybe the most important sermon that we will hear preached this year. The very first sermon of the year. The plan for the Shenandoah Bible Baptist Church 2012 to glorify Him. I want to glorify Him in the upcoming missions conference and glorify Him with the upcoming Valentine banquet and glorify Him with, with the Old Paz conference and glorify Him in Martinsburg Christian Academy and glorify Him with our youth conference and glorify Him with our ladies conference and glorify Him with Old Paz Baptist College and glorify Him with every sermon preached and glorify Him with every men's prayer meeting and glorify Him with every song sung by the choir and glorify Him with the grounds and glorify Him with the way that we attend to the property and glorify Him with every attitude, everything that's said, everything that's done, everybody that's here. Glorify God. Glorify Him. He's worthy. Somebody needs to rededicate your life to Christ today. Do what you do to the glory of God. Somebody's not saved today. You need to come and trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That would glorify Him. Somebody needs to follow the Lord in believers' baptism after your salvation. You've got to come. That would glorify Him. Somebody that knows how to win souls to Christ. And you never do it. You used to be a soul winner, but you're not anymore. You've got to get right with God. Glorify Him. Some Sunday school teacher needs to start glorifying God. Hey, did you know you're not just to try to keep the doors of your Sunday school class open? You're supposed to be blowing the doors of that thing off. Hey, backslid one. Keep singing choir. 
to God in the highest. Honor of peace. Goodwill toward man. We still have people at the altar keep singing choir. Go ahead and have a seat there.